Welcome to episode 110 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Ren Jackson. And I'm Brian Levin. Today we sat down with Joey Banks, who you might have seen around on Twitter. He was formerly a designer at Scoot, uh, and now he is... Freelancing. Freelancing onto his next adventure. This was a unique episode for us. So Joey is a self-described junior designer, definitely has a younger tenure in the industry, and we pick his brain about some of the stuff he's working on, how we got in touch with him, and how he's managed to get in touch with most designers out here. It's a pretty cool story. Uh, We'll get into that in a minute. Before we do, we want to thank our sponsor for making this episode possible. This episode is brought to you thanks to Dropbox. Woo! Dropbox is the simplest way to work the way you want. Whether you're sketching, coding, prototyping, or say podcasting, or writing, or whatever, Dropbox is with you throughout the entire process. I use it for everything. I use it for side projects. I use it for my main work. I use it for the podcast, of course. I have all of our shared documents on there. And it's always on my phone. It's always on my iPad. It's always on my laptop and my work laptop. You don't just use the web client anymore. And I stopped using the web client. The syncing is really easy. Um, It just does it for you. It just does it. It keeps all of your files on all your devices and it supports all file formats, Photoshop files, sketch files, um, anything. And you can share those files just by sending a link to people. No more worrying about crazy uploads or downloads. You just send someone a link. Yeah. Gets rid of the file size issue. One of the great things for us as designers is you can share those links and have discussions on them inline in the browser. They have uh, comments on every file. So you can basically keep track of discussion around the file itself and not get scattered across lots of different communication channels. Keeping the feedback in line is really helpful when you're going back to implement critique later on. It's super helpful to not have to search through Slack and Messenger and messages and all those other things. Dropbox really is focused on giving the freedom to work on anything from anywhere with anyone you choose. You can check them out and get started at dropbox.com. Thank you once again to Dropbox. And with that, let's get into episode 110 with Joey Banks. All right. Uh, my name is Joey Banks. I'm a designer here in San Francisco. Uh, I I just moved from from Ohio actually uh, about a year ago, um, and I'm pretty pretty new and young in design, and uh, I've just been been trying to learn as much as I can within the past year. It's been it's been amazing. What have you been working on? Uh, I've been working on a few things. I I currently am at Scoot Networks um, here in San Francisco. Well, by the time this airs, you won't be? By the time this airs, I won't be. My last day is Friday. Today is Wednesday, which means we have to do some some time traveling here. But this comes out Monday. This comes out Monday. So this is so your first day. I would day. have left on Saturday. This is your first work day as a non-employee of Scoot Networks. That's right. Cool. How's it feel? Feels pretty good. It was uh, It was actually really... It was. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is the best Monday ever. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's, it's a bright day. <laughs> Cool. So you're leaving Scoot. I am leaving Scoot. You've you been have there. scooted. You've scooted. I have scooted and I've gotten to my destination. Well, let's backtrack. How far back do you want to go? I want to go back to the time that you first knew you could be paid to be a designer. It was in, it was actually in high school. I, I had a neighbor who was a realtor and she had a site that was built on it was, a, it was she was using the default theme on WordPress, and I went over and I was like, "I can help you with that. <laughs> <laughs> I can fix that." <laughs> and uh, she bought that, and uh, I think I made like three hundred dollars for for at least three weeks of work at the time uh, because I was I was pretty fresh to it. Uh, but 
actually the sites I, I think the site might still be up uh, wait 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 but you skipped over this whole <laughs> part that any like high school design people <laughs> since yeah how did you I, I don't know maybe it was just being in high school or yeah. feeling like you know how to use computers but yeah. why did you think that you could fix something about it like i didn't i just said that and it, it turned out uh no i uh, <laughs> so you had no idea no i so so maybe maybe we should go further back into like okay. when i first when i first kind of started getting into uh into design okay um it was in seventh grade and uh me and a few friends created this this wordpress blog called joystick engage joystickengage.wordpress.com and uh it was uh, it was uh, a very creative name that we came up with um is it still live? No, it's not. No, it's been down. I know we were getting so much traffic. <laughs> I do I bet with that with a domain name it, like that, at least twenty five uniques a month. There you it's go. Pretty, it's pretty great. And the the entire blog was actually just dedicated to like the latest, the latest and greatest uh, within gaming and within tech. Um, and we were we were so determined to be like the number one source at the time. We got pretty close, <laughs> but. That was when I that was when I first got into uh, got into to the idea of wow I can I can do something pretty quickly and get it out on the web and and people can see it and that was uh, that was a pretty empowering moment. And you haven't stopped using MAMP since. <laughs> Still using MAMP, as Brian just found out. For God's sake, Joey! <laughs> you know I, it works for me, so I'm I'm doing it. <laughs> All right. So what happened after? Joystick Engage? That was through middle school. It sounds really bad when I hear it. Joystick Engage. Joystick Engage. It was pretty bad. We had an Atari logo. It was a Target logo. No, sorry, an, an Atari. Oh, logo. an Atari logo. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. My my illust- or I don't even think I made the logo. Actually, I think we outsourced it hmm. to Atari. Uh, yes. <laughs> Bought the rights. Hey, Atari, <laughs> we, we want to like start a website about yeah. stuff. Will you design us a logo? <laughs> sure. They you were guys on board. do joystick things, right? <laughs> <laughs> um. So what happened next? Yeah, so I so with Joystick Engage, I got really comfortable with WordPress, and um, I, I really liked. I started editing themes, and uh, found found how much fun that was really quickly. Um, I don't <laughs> think I ever bought a theme. I think I, I always used free themes and and would modify them, um, and they showed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> My first yeah. freelance project ever was a WordPress theme. Yeah. God, it was so bad. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Dude, WordPress has launched the careers of more designers than anything. Yeah. I didn't say it launched my career. I said it was my first freelance thing, <laughs> that which came long after I was already paid for designing work. Whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> so you got paid yeah. to design. It was a pretty good moment. At that point, did something click or? So I, I actually, I think I owe a lot of... Um, a lot of of kind of my my design interest to to my college roommate. Um, he he was a he was mostly a developer, but he had he always had really good taste. Um, and I I really admired like how quickly he was able to put together like a landing page for something new that he was working on because that's the that's the thing you should always do first. That's the metric of success. Exactly, <laughs> logo, landing page, product. Yeah. Once you have a landing page, you're basically done. It's you're basically <laughs> launched. Um, Put that shit on product hunt. It was up. It, oh dear God! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I learned a lot from him, and he taught me a lot. And uh, he actually got me started with Mamp. So, is it really my fault? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it still is. I know. Mamp patient zero. <laughs> what did you go to college for? So I went to college for um, mechanical engineering, actually, for three years. Um, not, I'm, I didn't officially graduate with a with an ME degree. Um, 
I went three years and then I, I switched over my fourth year to design. Um, like graphic design? No, we had a program. So I went to Miami University in Ohio. Uh, we were, we were, ah, yes, Miami, Ohio. Yes, yes, not Florida. The, the number of times that, that I've gotten that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was a really, really great little school. Um, I shouldn't say little. We were we were 16,000 students, which is pretty large. I had a great time, though. I, I realized that... I was always doing. Um, I was. I was always kind of doing design on the side, and and I loved mechanical engineering. Engineering, and I, I absolutely like. I loved what I was learning, but mm-hmm. I didn't so much enjoy the uh, the possible jobs. I remember I went to my first job fair, and I was immediately overwhelmed and terrified of the companies that were there and the the factory work that I, that I might be doing um, back in Ohio. And I I got out really quick. Um, which is not at all true. I, there were probably a million things that I could have done, but at that time I was terrified. Uh, so I, I decided to switch over to um, a program that, that was called Interactive Media Studies. And uh, it was a pretty well-rounded program. It encompassed a lot of code, a lot of marketing, a lot of design. Um, really taught taught students how to, uh, how to incorporate a lot and, and get out the door pretty quick um, and get on your feet. And uh, that program actually brought me to San Francisco. There was an option where we could uh, co-op here in the city. And uh, we got 16 hours for living in San Francisco our senior year. And that was a no-brainer. So I was in San Francisco fall of 14. What were you working on? At the time? Uh-huh. Like, do they hook you up with actual no. companies? Or? So uh, they brought us out here and it was completely up to us to find to find something. What? Um, yeah. It's totally up to us. We, uh, we were living on Fell Street right by Alamo Square. Um, it was 10 of us in a house. I feel like that's how most Alamo Square houses are. Yep. Yep. Very tight, small house. Um, no, it was completely up to us to find a job. Uh, and that taught me a lot about networking and a lot about meeting people and and a lot of things to do and a lot of things not to do really quickly. Ooh, I'm excited (laughs) to dig into those. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what did you end up finding? So I didn't have a job at first. Um, I was one of the last people in the house to actually not have a job. Um, I was I was unemployed, um, and me and my roommates we um, when we got to the city we had actually discovered a company called Scoot, <laughs> and we were using Scoot to get around the city and to um, uh, just just kind of explore different areas. And at the time, Scoot had a uh, a pricing model that I think it was after eleven p.m. all rides were twenty five cents per half hour. And we absolutely took advantage of that. We uh, we would we would rent scoots at 11 p.m. and uh, we would go all over. I think one night we racked up maybe 30 miles uh, just here in San Francisco. And we that's think pretty like good. 20 miles per hour. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I think we paid like three dollars max. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty fantastic. And honestly, we we took them out every night, and I actually I really started to to enjoy the experience. And I was like, hey, maybe they need a design intern. So I, I spent a few days. I, I put together a a quick mock up for an app idea I had for them for a little bit of a restructure and a um, better laying out the information. And I, I sent it over to. I made a bold move, and I sent it over to uh, the CEO, and I, I said, uh, I, I love Scoot as a company. We've been using it for a few weeks. Um, and uh, I want. I would love for you to take a look at, at this idea I had, and and if you need any help with the design, I would. Uh, I'd love to to be on board. And uh, he brought me in for an interview, and I was Scoot's first design or second design intern, I think. You came on as a design intern. Yeah, I came on design intern. Uh, 
So unsolicited redesigns get a lot of shit. They do. Yeah. What's your take? Because it got you a foot in the door into the design industry, right? They're bullshit, right? Like you just shouldn't do them ever. You should do them. (laughs) They taught me a lot. I did a lot in college. Um, did I remember doing a redesign of RDO, uh, Spotify, Netflix, all Bold of the big ones. moves. Spotify never, makes so much sense. Never but... showed them to anyone. Um, but Whoa, they, really? Yeah, yeah, no, I always kept them secret. But oh, they, cool. they taught me a lot of, of, it was really just design practice for myself. And I loved just grabbing a few beers and spending a Friday night working on something. Um, yeah, I think my favorite was Netflix. I, I, I remember I had this feature I added where, where you could search by mood, and uh, that was a lot of fun to make. Um, That's the most Brian-loving thing I've ever heard. <laughs> search for sad. I would totally do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Yeah. You know what Netflix should have? Do you know uh, another company, Songza? Mm-hmm. You know Songza, Brian? I, I know of them. It'd be like you'd give it access to your location. It would say, okay. It's Sunday and it's raining in San Francisco. Here's a playlist just for that. They should have that for Netflix. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> the breakup playlist. I, I actually, I was searching for a while. Log into Facebook. Oh, we noticed you just broke up with your significant other. That's a good. Would you like to binge idea. watch this TV show, dude? Actually, I was I searching was... for a while on Apple Music today for a playlist, and I was like, I fucking wish Brian made Apple Music playlists. Uh, come to Spotify. I am no, a, never. I'm a subscriber of Vibes. Vibe or chill vibes. Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah. Dude, I listen to that all the time. You follow my vibes playlist? Yeah, of course, man. Can I take this opportunity to plug my vibes playlist it's on a good Spotify? Playlist. It's like 200 songs a, uh, for vibing. You don't you have for, a for various vibes? <laughs> you have a rap jams, I think. I something? have I have raps, I have yeah. vibes, I have quiet time, mm-hmm. I have electronic. They're pretty good. All of mine are I'm private f- until I share them. I'm flattered. I didn't know anyone ever saw my <laughs> Should playlist. Should we just link ever. all my playlists in the show notes now? Yours, you yours? yours or mine? Mine are fucking awesome, dude. Just ask Sam Sophus. Whew. He promoted them. Dude, went ham. Okay, links to uh, Bryn's show notes, or links to Bryn's playlist <laughs> in the show notes. Uh, links to my Spotify playlist in the show notes. That's the one thing I like. wish Apple Music had was like, instant sharing like you just make things public currently you have to just send links i wish apple music was more like spotify i am so glad it is not because i hate I spotify i was more like rdo hmm. i miss rdo a lot uh, in fact i i was so i was i've been subscribed to them or i was subscribed to them since uh, i think 2010 and when i got to san francisco i was such a nerd but during the first week i like totally just showed up at their office and i was like i gotta see this place what happened? And, uh, they gave me a tour. I met. Um, is that is that called nerd or is that like weirdly stalkerish? Uh, it can, it's borderline stalker. <laughs> I'll admit that. No, I was I was just in love with their product, and they they got me through a lot of a lot of good and bad times. So, what did you do for your unsolicited redesign of RDO? Mm, I actually don't remember. It's been a while. But you never published them. That's the interesting yeah. thing. Because I agree 100% with the idea that an unsolicited redesign can be an mm-hmm. insane learning opportunity just yeah. to understand or try and put yourself in the shoes of another person. Yeah. It, it taught me a lot about thinking about why certain decisions were made. Sure. Um, Which is, you know, I think the biggest argument against them is like you're missing the context of, yeah. of all the parties that are involved in shipping a product. Well, so it's when people publish them saying this would be better. Yes. Right. That's, I think, the big No one's issue. saying you shouldn't do them for your own practice. 
They're saying don't publish them and be like, no, this is way better. They should do this because that's super egotistical and like you have no way of knowing what the inside business goals were. Right. Things like that. Right. There are a thousand things everyone wants to do to Spotify to change it, but no, Spotify's fine. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to piss burn off. All um, I want is swipe to go back. That's all I want. That's all you want? Yeah. What you talking about? They have swipe to go back. You no, just can't do it on the header. Two finger swipe. What? Yeah. With like a with your trackpad, you can't go back or forward like oh, you would in a Safari. Oh, trackpad. Yeah. Oh, what the fuck? <sighs> That's all I want, dude. Dude, use the swipe your to go back use, in Safari is the worst. <laughs> I turn iPhone. that shit off all the time. <laughs> Joey, we're very different people. <laughs> all right. Well, it was so great chat. You live in your MAMP world. <laughs> we'll live in our no world. You use MAMP. Uh, no, let's <laughs> gulp. Let's get into something else that I actually really wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, you showed up uh, at RDO. You cold emailed the CEO. You got a job. I think we first met over a tweet. And since then, I've seen you. Like I've sort of watched you build this connection to basically everyone I know through Twitter. I don't, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head who doesn't know you. Which is crazy. That's, and it's all, like, I didn't even realize that. Of, of my friend group, I feel like everyone knows you. Yeah. So just talk to me a little bit about sort of your mindset as, as you approach things like showing up at RDO and sending an unsolicited redesign to the CEO of a company. Like how do you approach these things? And then you got here and just reached out to a bunch of people yeah, what I, happened? What was the mindset there? Yeah, I um, let's see. So i i had a I had a coffee with Ryan Sims actually. Um, after you stalked him, I I didn't meet him at audio actually. He wasn't there that day. Um, but it was soon after, and and I, I just I, I shot him a quick email and asked if he asked if you'd like to grab coffee, and uh, he said sure. And I think it was that moment where I realized, wow, like Ryan Sims is a very, very good and respected designer and like he can find the time to grab coffee with me. Um, and that was that was a pretty enlightening thing because in Ohio, I, I think people are a lot le- less likely to do that. Um, and I was like, wow, okay, if I can just email him and grab coffee, who else can I grab coffee with? And it just kind of spiraled from like, there. Brian Dale Lovin, next. <laughs> coffee, check. <laughs> Dope. Uh, um, and how's that been going? You've, of course, met a lot of people doing that. Yeah, I I honestly feel that I owe I owe so much of of my success out here um, through Twitter and through networking. Uh, I'm actually really embarrassed to say, but I just approached fifty six thousand tweets. I noticed. What? <laughs> yeah, it's it's up there. Uh, and Ooh, the funny that's funny, a lot of I, tweets. I just passed dude. six thousand. Yeah, fifty six thousand. I think I have eight thousand. Most of it's just conversation. Um, actually, I've stopped tweeting a lot. I think most of those tweets were, were actually during high school, which is which is interesting. Anything you've learned that works really well or doesn't work at all? I imagine in maybe it just worked the whole time, but I imagine a scenario where you kind of tested different approaches that, that might work yeah, better or worse. Yeah, so I, when I first got here, I was trying really formal approaches um, through email and you know through through a solid two or three paragraphs. Um, they were people that you know whose work I admired, and in that email, I, I told them that, and um, I tried to try to build my case as, as best as I can as to why why I would love to grab a coffee with them. Um, and I noticed that the wow, this sounds so technical, but I noticed the the success rate there was was really high. Uh, this is probably the, the so people love email. Me. Yeah, yeah. Your conversion rate was high. My conversion and rate was. I think really that's high. fine to be technical because I think that's a great way to think about this kind of stuff. Yeah, um, and. 
after that, I, I actually just started going through Twitter and just just reaching out really quick um, because emails are long and emails are boring and Twitter is engaging and, and fun. Um, and that's that's worked awesome so far. I've um, I've met so many people through that, and I've I've made so many friends out here just through random random coffees and connections. And just yesterday, I had lunch. Or I had lunch with um, Karim Sur, and um, he is he's over at Operator right now. And uh, we had connected a year ago, and and we we connected yesterday again. And it was interesting just to catch up with him. And I, I was showing him a few projects that I was working on, and he was he was showing me something. That uh, that he's into now, and um, just to have that connection and to to be able to to be able to grab lunch with someone like that is is pretty awesome. He's a designer that I've that I've followed for years. Um, uh, it's 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 pretty awesome. It's, it's got to be my favorite thing about being in San Francisco. So what I'm really curious about is, like, okay, you've obviously become good at reaching out to people, and I think that's a very important thing. And as Britt and I have both learned from our time being here, doing similar things is like. Most folks are really open to getting a coffee. I'm curious how you've approached like the actual conversations and trying to get the most value out of out of meeting these people that you've looked up to. Do you come with like a set of questions that you want answered? Do you come with no no expectations at all? Or how do you think about like what you want to get out of setting up these coffees? Because I think that's important to think about and maybe have some sort of intent behind. Yeah, definitely. And it could help a lot, it could help out um, a lot of people who, who are wanting to grab coffee. Um, I, I'm really young and I, I'm really new to design um, and imposter syndrome with me is, is a pretty real thing. Um, and I, I'm still very open to, to new ideas and new ways of working and just learning everything I can. And when I come to a meeting and I, I meet with someone who's incredibly experienced, um, one of my favorite questions to ask them is, what is their process like? How do they work day to day? When they get a problem, how do they approach the problem? What steps do they take in tackling the problem? Um, and how do they know, how do they measure the metric of, of success? Um, I've always been someone who loves watching other people work and other people like in their, in their flow. <laughs> my roommate in college would always... Uh, he would always just show me how he how he would write his code, and I just thought that was really really fascinating. Um, and to understand someone's process, you you start to understand how they got to where they are and how they've arrived at, at several of their their successful projects. Um, and I think that's something that can be really 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 valuable to understand that, especially being young and especially being very new to to my own process and and working in techniques and. Do you feel like that helped to alleviate the imposter syndrome in a way, or is that kind of a constant right now? Uh, no, no, it, it definitely has. Um, it, in some cases, that it uh, things I'm doing are actually validated by others, which is a good feeling. Um, like, oh yeah, you know, actually, I do take that approach to to different projects. Um, or, or you know, yeah, I actually could be doing that. That might help me with this with this um, with this approach. Um, I think the first. Like time we chatted, I was still yeah. trying to convince you to switch over to Sketch. Yeah, you were. Yeah, I was when I first got here. I was completely on Photoshop, um, and Bryn is a very good pitcher. Yes, <laughs> I'm <laughs> completely on Sketch now, um, and I'm guessing soon soon to be Figma, and soon I, to be dude, long enough. And soon so to be good. not Mamp. Yeah, not Mamp. We'll get you on that goal. <laughs> yep, pretty big night. <laughs> JavaScript. Um, it's the only time ever anyone has like just 
plainly endorsed JavaScript. <laughs> JavaScript. <laughs> JavaScript. It's the best. <clears throat> um, plainly untrue. <laughs> Didn't you say uh, even the best people at JavaScript are still terrible? It was more. I'll take credit for it. <laughs> uh, no, I was listening to that uh, today. It was. Thought I heard that. It was. Uh, even if you're really good at, your, at JavaScript, you're still kind of bad at JavaScript. <laughs> yeah. I think that was the quote. Yep. Was that me? That was you. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even if you're good at JavaScript, you're still kind of bad at JavaScript. All right, I'll take it. <laughs> Except for Fat. Except for Fat. He's, He's very he, good. He knows JavaScript. He knows all of JavaScript. All right, so one of the things you've been reaching out to people a lot for lately is feedback on this, this app you've been working on. And you mentioned that you asked Karim about it. So this is, we kind of like hadn't talked for a while and then you hit me up, we went out and it also came up recently on Immutable that you hit Sam up about it. And so what is, what is this project and why are you going so aggressively for feedback about it? Yeah, this is a, this is a really, a really big and personal project to my, um, for myself. Um, and, and just a few months ago, I was, I was diagnosed with type one diabetes, um, and I was home for Christmas. And the way I found out that I, that I had it was I was drinking two gallons of water a day, um, for about five days leading up to the hospital visit. Uh, I, one, I, I think one night I was actually dreaming about water and I was, I was, I just could not get enough to drink. It was, uh, it was a really, really interesting moment. Um, but I went to the I went to the ER with a blood sugar six times what a normal person's blood sugar level should be, which was really really concerning and pretty scary. You're just sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so much sugar, Bryn. You know, Bryn. Oh, that was such a good one. You you don't have to sugarcoat it. Uh, <laughs> Air five. Yes. Nice, nice guys. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm now a type one diabetic, and I've uh, within these past two months I've learned a lot. Um, my lifestyle has has almost completely changed um, because of it. As far as what I'm what I eat, um, how I think about food, how I think about planning my day. If I'm going to be long, or if I'm going to be gone for for a long period of time, I, I need to plan out and make sure that I have enough snacks and and my insulin with me. Um, and that's that's been pretty pretty big and a lot to think about. Um, I'm also learning at the same time that there aren't a lot of tools out there for diabetics currently. It, it kind of seems from searching and and from researching that there's there just aren't aren't a lot of resources available. Um, this project is a diabetes management focused app, um, and the main goal and the main use case of the app is to log your different blood sugars throughout the day. Um, there's a lot that you can see from different data points throughout the day you can and you can compare that information with what you ate and what how that food affected your blood sugar um, i currently do six to eight checks per day and for me to see the different data points and for me to better understand how exercise how sitting how a food how eating uh, a type of food affected how i'm feeling is a pretty big thing um, the meters can only do so much and what I'm working on now is focusing a lot on the data and focusing a lot on how to display that information in a really useful way, um, in a way that that allows you allows you to see it when you need to see it most and allows you to comprehend it pretty quickly. Um, 
and yeah, I'm excited. Uh, Bryn gave me the name Pumped for it, which I, I might use. Uh, I was sitting on my PT table, and you're like, I'm still think- trying to think of a name of it. I sent you like a list of four names. You're like, Pumped, done. That's it. Uh, so get pumps dot whatever is probably going to be the <laughs> dot whatever is literally the TLD. I think that's literally what I said was get pump dot whatever. Yep. Would be oh, great. that's pretty cool. So yeah. that'd be a solid URL. URL. I agreed. So I'm curious. Yeah. You mentioned you got feedback from Karim. Yeah. How are you going about getting feedback on, on this app? I imagine that's a lot of context setting. Yeah. And- so this, this app is, is obviously really big and really close to me. And, uh, it's really important to me that I, um, that this is actually something that's useful and that someone would want to use. Um, asking Karen was actually really, really important to me because he previously worked at Omada, Omada Health and yep. they specialize in type 2 diabetes prevention, mm-hmm. um, which is really, really fascinating and, and a really good space and, and helpful space to be in. Um, they have he, a whole product dedicated just to that, right? It's called Prevent, I believe? Yeah, they do. And he he actually did the program and I, he said he lost close to 10% body fat. Um, I think he told us about that on his yeah, episode. Yeah, pretty amazing. Um, he's a really, really inspiring person. But when asking for feedback, I I'm really looking for for validation that the screens make sense and the flow that makes sense. Um, Which I gave you none of that. <laughs> Bryn told me how to align pixels correctly, <laughs> as Bryn does. <laughs> I, I was I have a let's just say I have a really great grid right now. You got that yes. eight dip grid with pixel fitted icons. No, I've been working incessantly on some resources about grids and icon design. So I was like, that's just kind of where my mind was at. And mm-hmm. I was like, it helps a lot. I, I needed it. How do you prepare for getting feedback like that? Prototypes, screenshots, do you just show up and, and talk about it on like show your computer or honestly, I'll pull up the sketch file because, because I have everything there. It's completely raw. I have all of my outtakes, so to speak. Um, and I think it's important to to kind of show the different directions that you're headed. And maybe one of those directions was the right one and you just didn't know it. Um, Sam Sophus gave me some really, really great feedback, even though he doesn't think it, um, about better displaying um, the information and what it what it actually looks like to log uh, a blood sugar result. Um, and that's that's something I've I've since incorporated. He's like, app. make your own hardware startup that pricks it and immediately sends it to the app. Yep. So yeah, like, and just do the, it. Three D print it. Do it. Yeah. So yeah, we have a logo. Um, things are going pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> Almost have a landing page. <laughs> Almost have a landing page. So we're <laughs> but it runs much... on MAMP. So <laughs> <laughs> with email signups naturally. It's only local at this point. <laughs> <laughs> local host. I don't know if. It's in private beta, People... private being my sketch file. <laughs> <laughs> We're one user big right now. Nice. So, uh, no, I really, I really do value feedback, um, especially uh, it so blows my mind that I, that I can have lunch with uh, Karim and that I can call him a friend. Um, this, this. Me person. too, man. He's a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I've looked up to him for years and, and to have him and, and others alike give me feedback is, is honestly a, a dream. And um, I can't think of a designer that, that wouldn't want to give feedback on designs. Like mm-hmm. that's so exciting yeah. to me. I would love to be asked to give feedback. on. I love design. seeing new projects and it's, I love yeah. like a fresh perspective is really, really important. It can be really hard sometimes though. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot easier when it's like, you know what you're doing. You're, you're not Debatable. at the point where, you're not like trying to figure out how a status bar works. Yeah. Right. You're not trying to like reinvent the wheel from scratch. Right. Like, you know how right. iOS works. So it right. makes it a lot easier. You did some amazing illustrations for it. Like you, you got everything like set up, you know what you're doing at a high level. 
now you know what you're doing at the pixel level. Oh, I do, yes. <laughs> um, Both big and small. <laughs> but sometimes it can be really hard. People are like, oh, I just drew a heart, but it can be like super wonky and it's just like, they're like, it's their first time drawing an icon. Yeah. I mean, the first time I drew icons, what the hell, man? Yeah, I mean, well, this project in particular, I probably have close to, I'd say maybe 30 hours invested in it so far. And, you know, it's it's con- it's continuously on my mind and, and constantly something I'm thinking about. And um, if I had to give feedback on it, it'd be tough because I'm, I'm only looking at this for five minutes or less. And I have to try to understand the entire purpose of the app or the entire purpose of the project in a really, really short amount of time and try to give constructive feedback. I think that brings up a great point, and it's something that I've been struggling a lot with and trying to improve in my work. Android design? Uh, Android design, turns out, it's kind of hard. No, but the main thing is how to set context when you're asking for feedback. And I think that's something a lot of designers don't do very well. We deal with it a lot in our awake team. Yeah, for, it, for that happens on our wake team a lot. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, people publish guides on here's how to do critique and things like that. Yeah. Um, but I still think from everyone I've talked to and stuff that I see kind of day to day is we're still not very good at setting the context mm-hmm. of the problem we're trying to solve and helping the critiquer to look at a screen. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Like, the critter. The critter and parse out like the right information that they need to answer your question. Um, and we're not very good at telling that story. Yeah, I mean, I know there are there are tens of things that could be could be much better within the current design right now. Tens, tens, <laughs> and uh, fifty one to be exact. And <laughs> fifty one tens, <laughs> fifty one hundred. <laughs> That's a lot of things. That's fifty one hundreds, by the way. Fifty one tens is five ten. Wow. Oh, oh right. I'd never wow, thought of it math. like that. Hmm. <laughs> On this episode, we do math. <laughs> <laughs> that one time. <laughs> I promise I was mechanical engineering for three years. <laughs> no, I, I like to I like to focus on one thing that I want to that I want to try to improve. And if I can, ask them about that one thing. Um, How do you set the story? Like, do you when you come up to someone like Karim, mm-hmm. do you tell the whole story of of like your journey from from being diagnosed to having this problem with six to eight pricks a day and not really understanding cause and effect of food. Do you mm-hmm. walk them through that whole process or do you? Yeah, especially for this project because diabetes is something that that two months ago I knew nothing about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that a lot of people don't know don't know much about. Um, and because of that, I for this project, I, I like to kind of explain my, my daily routine and the pain points, um, both literally and figuratively. <laughs> Um, I'm so glad you made that joke. God damn <laughs> I knew you were going to make it, so I understand. Uh, uh, be, because it is a lot. It's a lot for it's a lot for me to understand. It, so it's certainly a lot for someone else to understand. Um, but when I can walk them through kind of the daily routine and the things that I'm struggling with, I can then present. Okay, here's the solution that that I've been working to come up with. Um, and and I, I'm not necessarily looking for feedback, unless well. I'm not necessarily looking for feedback in in reference to diabetes and and how to um let me tell you about diabetes <laughs> <laughs> and how to how to uh, uh I think I see where you're going like I'm like, more looking of like like a design perspective rather than um feedback on how to properly log so yeah, so I, technical I, yeah yeah, exactly. Yes, I fucking nailed it, dude. Oh Again. my god, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was the, that was the thing I was worried about. I just 
couldn't provide information yeah. on that bit. So no, I was but, like, but I don't you, know if this makes sense. Yeah, but you gave a lot of a lot of really good feedback on the details, which is something which is one of the tens of problems that I needed help with. On the design details? Full circle. Um, which is also the symbol for diabetes. A design a circle. A circle. <laughs> a circle. <laughs> one design detail is the symbol for diabetes. <laughs> one episode. No, one of the things I learned, like my first job out here, I had a person teaching me who was exceptionally good at the fine detail, mm -hmm. and I knew nothing about it. Yeah. Um, so that's something now that like... Bryn is that person for me. <laughs> I, I'm just like... Bryn is the detail. I don't... Like every time I see someone come in and like, like, hey, can you give me feedback on this thing? I'm like... Mm -hmm. You have no idea what pixel fitting an icon means. Here, no, literally. Let me, let me make You're all like, of your work so much better. Oh my god! <laughs> when I ask Bryn for feedback, he yeah. zooms in until you can see the pixel. Group. Yeah, sixteen hundred percent. Sixteen hundred percent. That's where you live. I mean, that's where the good stuff is. Ooh. I'm also curious how it's been, and you can be honest. You don't have to name names. Yeah. What it's been like getting feedback from people, uh, in terms of parsing out what's helpful, not helpful. Um, I think that. Everything from Sam, you just say, nah. No, I think it's important to prime the person that you're asking for feedback from, like yeah. exactly what you want out of that. Mm -hmm. And I think as designers, we tend to go way overboard. Like if mm -hmm. someone asks me for feedback on, let's say the diabetes app, like kind of what you don't want. My first reaction is like, what are other ways we could think about like diabetes yeah. tracking so rather the, than an app to like map your map to your existing yeah. use case, right? I'm trying to think of what yeah. changes well, th the behavior. This is also something that, that I'm you trying to make an app that replaces their blood entirely oh. and their pancreas and their aisles of whatever they're called. I think if you replace the pancreas, then you'd be fine. First, make sure you have a logo and a landing page and then go from there. <laughs> first <laughs> things first. <laughs> you have a landing page for your pancreas. No, so but how do, you <laughs> how do you prime for the kind of feedback that you get and how do you parse out stuff that's not helpful? Yeah, um, this is something that, that I'm trying to use to my benefit. Uh, there, people have given me a lot of feedback um, and I'm trying to take it all take it all in as best as I can and it's been really, really helpful so far. Um, one thing that I've always struggled with is, you know, I have several artboards in my sketch document and I, I personally think they're great and I don't want to touch them and I want to ship them as is. Um, but then someone will say, wait, well, why don't, why did you lay it out this way and not this way? And you're like, well, actually that way may make a lot more sense. Um, but it, it's going to take some work. And, uh, I am trying to, to break free of, of it's, it's perfect and it's ready to go and really focus on iterating because it's, it's often the, the fifth or sixth or, or 20th idea that, that is actually the perfect mm -hmm. one. It's never the first one. And I think I think that's something that's that's really important for for all designers to do, is to to be able to uh, to scrap and start over. I know the feeling, and I've I've started coming up with a way to battle that, which might sound really dumb and obvious, but it's a way to battle uh, the feeling of I don't want to redo this because I know it's going to take a lot of work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it sounds so. Do people have that feeling? I'm yeah. the opposite. I want to start over as soon as I get anywhere with like actual productivity. I'm like, oh, this stopped being fun now because I have to do the production work. I want to start over. I'm never satisfied with it, but I don't want to redo it. See, but I, Ooh, what I want I, to redo it immediately. Maybe this is just me, but I've realized that the messier my sketch file is, the more I don't want to redo it because I know that my layers aren't organized. Yeah. It's going to take a lot of command yeah. clicking and moving yep. shit around. Yep. So if I start organized where each component is, is a group that I can just drag <laughs> and drop and Red line, you know, when you drag in red yep. line and it just fits. 
as soon as you can do that and you're just dragging and dropping the things that you've designed to make better flows so you're designing the components first yes well it's it's a circle it's a circle mm -hmm. like you got to think high level like what Mm -hmm. is a problem i'm trying to solve and then what are the components that will solve that problem yeah do the components and drop them in and then you rearrange them to make sure that your flows work and exactly and navigation makes sense today i spent four hours ideating on our core navigation we go from story to story and each story has a discussion on it and trying to manage that and seeing like what could we do if it was full screen what are the different ways you could organize it because you can kind of like traditionally you have x y and z axes that you can organize stories along along so you could like swipe from side to side to get it from story to story you could have a list up and down which is what we have currently you could do it on a z axis if you really want to but that could get kind of janky you could like pinch and fold you could do like a bunch of different things but like I started with what are the core concepts? Mm-hmm. Is there any way I can get around them? Like, can I do like a circle? Like, what are the things you could you could mix with? And honestly, like, and that's where the ideas come. And that's yeah. where like but if the I tried making components come. before that, that'd be terrible. I think you're trying to make the component. You're making the story component, and it's taking a lot of ideation to get to the story component. And then once you have that, you'll be able to drag and drop and move well, in any in any way you want. I would say that I have an idea of what a story component is. But I don't think that making the the modules of the UI would help me at this point. I have a concept of what the story component has to be, what are the things that it contains, but trying to sort out the presentation of them into layers would be really hard. And it would it would actually stifle, I think, significantly. Yeah, so I guess it's not universal and it seems like it's a different fidelity or different steps along the process. Like you're it sounds like trying to rethink fundamental navigation. So that probably takes a lot more exploration up front. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess for my problem, I'm, I don't have to solve navigation. So it's... You're just calculators it, and dollar signs. <laughs> calculators, dollar signs. Maybe a few buttons. A few buttons and that's it. Um, I would actually love to talk about mentorship and like the people who have who have helped me out the most so far. Yeah. Um, so so with meeting people and with grabbing coffee, I'm I'm really thankful that many of those connections I've I've been able to stay in contact with. Um, and build despite r- living in Oakland, what the hell, man? Dublin, <laughs> actually, further. <laughs> despite using MAMP, <laughs> you still have friends. I do, somehow. I don't know why I'm shitting on MAMP. I'm sure it's fine. It's. <laughs> it, I'm sure there's a better solution. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I. Where was I at? I don't know. It doesn't that, matter. I'm grateful I stayed in touch with these people. And then Dublin, yeah. Um, yeah, people, people have, people have really helped me out here. And, um, what do the most helpful mentors do? Like what makes a good mentor? Yeah. So honestly, someone that listens and someone that can interpret what you're working on and give you feedback, but also let you struggle, um, it's been really good. Uh, one of the people I, I, I owe a lot to is Dustin Sinos, um, I, oh my god, I love that guy so much. Dustin's incredible. Uh we he was another person who I randomly reached out to back when he was at Medium and we we grabbed lunch one day in the office and Yeah, you have the whole obvious fam apparently. I know, I know apparently. We had lunch in the office and and since then we've we've just stayed in contact with each other. Um he's been really really good at at listening and providing feedback and um being someone that I look up to and that I that I really admire and respect. 
Um, and several other people have, have done the same thing and more. Um, Sam Sophus, mm -hmm. Bryn, Brian, both here have, have helped me out tremendously. Um, I, I truly don't think I would be, I would be where I'm at and as far as I am without mentors. And I'm in just, a hot, sweaty room. In a hot, sweaty room. With pink <laughs> lights. With pink <laughs> lights. It's, you have to be here to, to really, to really get these. This effects. is really translating well to audio. <laughs> we are in a pink room. It is <laughs> well, hot. We are all sweating. It's a white room, but Podcasting, there again, light. is such a, such a visual medium. Yes. I'm yes. glad we are. I'm glad we're describing it. Okay. So listening, I get mm -hmm. that. What else? Like, yeah, um, know, everyone wants a mentor, right? And and yeah. sometimes people ask for it explicitly, and sometimes people just end up having people that are mentors. Mm -hmm. What's I, happened for you? I, I've never asked explicitly. Um, I I felt really, I've always felt really awkward doing that um, because the people who are who turn out to be the best mentors are the ones that you don't ask, and the ones who um, who you just want to show your project to, and who you know will provide feedback, and who you know will just be interested in seeing it. So, so other than just listening, um, I, I find a lot of value in just in 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 pushing and encouraging a new idea, um, as well as uh, one one of the things that I that I think is really important for young designers and and someone in my position uh, to to try to do is to be able to back up every decision I make um, with some reason yeah whether it's whether it's it's good or bad i i trying very very hard in each design to have a reason why that line is there and why why intentionality, I, intentionality baby. Yes. there yes. we go um and if i can have someone just ask me why i made the decision i did and if i can explain that back to them that's a huge help for me um i would say intentionality is probably one of the most common requirements for design mm -hmm. jobs and it is one of the least likely things to find in a young designer. <laughs> when I started, I, I was, I was. Pe people think it's self-expression, yeah. at, at least initially. And yeah. it's just, it's not. No, it's not. Um, and Your reason shouldn't be, I felt like it. And as you do project, as, as you do more and more projects, you start to understand how it truly is about the problem and less about how you feel and what you think looks, looks pretty and, and what works. Um, that's something I found out very, very quickly at Scoot is uh, just, just understanding why you're making the decisions. And I was the only designer on the team. Um, and I, I quickly learned what worked and what didn't with our users, uh, which is, which is pretty scary, but pretty, pretty empowering, empowering and eye-opening. When you can back up a decision and when you can give reason, it's going to make your next project even better. So what, what I think a lot of young designers don't understand is that design is a service industry. Regardless of whether mm -hmm. you're working in client services yeah. or anything like that, you're serving a client base. You have a responsibility to them. Like you have to be yeah. able to justify why you did something right. for them. Design is fun and it's a hobby to most people, including myself, but our entire goal is to solve a problem. And our entire goal is to make something better than when we first found it. But um, the thing about service industries is that if you do it for yourself, it, like, if you're trying to get attention or make a name for yourself or find your own style or whatever, you're no longer serving like an audience. You're serving yourself and then people can see right through it and everything falls apart. Exactly. Uh, I'd play devil's advocate. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I, I tend to agree with the belief that design is solving problems for the client. And as soon as you introduce yourself, it flaws it. But I don't think that they're totally 
separate. I think there are people who know how to talk about their work in such a way that they can then build an audience and make more money. But if that's the goal, you're not going to end up like, you can't focus on yourself and still make great products for someone else, I don't think. That's that's my opinion. I think I buy that. Yeah, I, I feel as, as designers, there's we want to we want to always add our personal touch and our taste to to a project. Um, but as soon as you do too much of that, and as soon as you forget the reason why you're you're working on the project, um, that's when things kind of fall apart. And I found that if you can if you can keep the end goal in mind, and if you can um, learn to justify each decision, it's going to help so much with presenting the work convincing stakeholders and um just becoming better at the craft and 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 becoming better at uh, for the next project and that's something I, i'm really trying to focus my time on and effort on right now um and that's why i'm looking so hard to or, and that's why i'm working so hard to to get feedback and to to learn from others mm-hmm. right now is because if they can ask me those questions and if they can even get me to think about why I did something um, without asking. Uh, I know that it's it's going to help me improve, and um, that gets me really excited. Two questions. Hit me. You said uh, you kind of slipped it in there, but one thing was that's helpful from a mentor is letting you struggle a bit. I'm curious what you mean by that. Um, so there was there was a project that I that I showed someone um, a while back, and um, there was an aspect with the project that I was really struggling with and I couldn't figure out how, how to do it correctly and how to present it correctly. And I, I was actually just looking for them to give me the answer uh, because they are incredibly talented, um, uh, but they didn't. And after some work and some more hours, I, I came up with a, with a solution that I was really proud of um, and, and stood by. And that was my, that was my decision and something that I'm, I'm proud to say that I, that I, I figured out on my own. Um, a lot of times we want we want someone to help to help us immediately and to give us the answer. Um, but as soon as they do that, we we it's, completely it's like almost give then. up. Exactly. You would have cut yourself short of that exactly. ability to learn. Right. Yeah. And that that push and that that lack of um, that lack of information and and help uh, is often a really really good thing. And uh, again, helps you with the next project and become a better designer. So. Having to stand on your own can be really hard. It's really hard. It's, yeah. Um, you know this. Yeah. Are you the only designer at Scoot right now? Yeah, I've been at Scoot for, for a year and four months, three or four months now. Um, and I've been the only designer the entire time. Yeah, it, it's tough. Um, one of the best things that, that working at Scoot and being the only designer there is that I've learned really quickly how to jump project to project. Each day is completely different. Um, Context that, switching exactly. like crazy. Yeah, and that that's that was actually one of my favorite aspects of of working there. Is one day I would be working on product stickers for for our vehicles. Um, the next day I would be working on a new icon for the app and a new way to to rate your ride and to to find a scooter easier. And then the day after that it would be marketing and website materials. And uh, it was a good experience in learning that um, just to become very versatile. I'm, I'm I'm super grateful for that. I think that's a really important quality to have, and and I'm glad I learned it while I did. So that gets me into the second part of my question: mm-hmm. is what is your current struggle? It can be high level or yeah. low level. It's diabetes, <laughs> money, diabetes. 
living uh, in Dublin. Dublin, Bart. Let's get a little more philosophical. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I focus actually too much on the details. Um, and I know we are on a design details podcast. That's okay. It's a stupid name. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, I, as soon as, as soon as a problem is presented there, you know, there's some solution that pops in my head and I'm like, okay, uh, let's, let's go with that and let's see what happens. Um, and I get really hooked on the idea and then I start applying the colors and I start aligning and I start, I start making it look the best that I can. But because I do that, I, I, I often pass up wireframing multiple solutions and, and trying out different things um, because I'm spending so much time on making that one solution that I think might work best um, look the best that it can. Um, and I, I think that's, that's my biggest struggle right now is learning how to create really quick, really scrappy um, solutions to, to different problems. Yeah, how do you start tackling that one? Yeah, I've I've been wireframing a lot more, a lot more boxes, a lot more grayscale. Do you do that in Sketch? Yeah, all Sketch. Interesting. Um, actually, uh, I I bought some of those, or my my girlfriend Kristen gifted these to me. Actually, Kristen um, Moninger. Kristen Moninger. Yeah, she for some reason I I was able to convince her to move out here with me, um, and I'm I'm super super happy about that. She bought me these these post-its uh, that, are, that are in the shape of an iPhone screen and have the correct measurements on it. And they're really, really cool. They're like nine bucks. Um, I've been doing a lot of sketching on those and uh, it's, it's good just to kind of grab a pen and, and, and those and, and whip out something quick and to, uh, to get thoughts on paper. This is a, something I struggle with too, is getting too high fidelity too soon. Oh, I start really simply. Like I like to do the text boxes, like frame them out and then pull data in. It's the best. So then you're, you're working with live components. Are you using craft? No. Um, sketch data populator. Seriously, like you, you can put in like variables for what you want. And you can write your own JSON. Like you don't have to have an API or anything to do it. So you write this like shitty JSON thing with like fake information. You maybe do like three to five examples and then you can just, test it and you can use live data without getting too high fidelity at first i've learned really quickly well, how important you can be, real you can data like, is this, yeah real data i'm, I'm on board with mm-hmm. i don't lore myths or anything you can you can name your layers with it like avatar yeah and you know it's an avatar because you placed it yeah but then when you're done like wireframing it it loads in with data and you can explain it to someone yeah no i i'm totally down with that i think that's fucking brilliant i think every designer should be using real data which is why craft like blew up right like pulling real data have local have local data that you can port into your sketch files that makes a lot of sense i don't wireframe as people say wireframe mm. what's your process like I'll, I'll show you walk us through it buddy because walk i'm actually through it? yeah i'm fascinated by you because no truly i am because uh you focus so much on on the craft, I think. I think you want the pixels to be right. You you care a lot about proper alignment and grid type, there, pixel fitting, and that's amazing to me. And it's amazing because I'm not like that. There are so few things you can be objectively right about in design. Feel like quality is one of those things where you can be objectively right. There are a few things that have to be right for you to get even close. And icon fitting is one of them. You cannot have your icons be right if they're not on the pixel grid. You can't. 
they'll be blurry, they'll be gross. Mine were very wrong. <laughs> it's so easy to fix. Like I just, I just redrew yours in like three seconds. Yep. Like it took me no time at yep. all. You just have to know it's there. That's the thing. And then like you have to understand what a type scale looks like, what vertical rhythm is. It doesn't take that long. And as soon as you learn it, you'll never do it wrong again. But you can you can organize your type skills completely all over the place. Like Brian, the first time he saw my current, like uh, not my current uh, model for our comments on Sidewire, he was like, why the fuck is that there? Like, is it me? Like, what the hell's wrong with you? But the type skill was accurate. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was my, that was, my first comment was like, why is that there? And my second comment was like, dude, your baseline is dope. <laughs> but once you Perfect. know where things should be, like you can easily ideate based on that. So I worry about getting the technical aspects right first because I can fix the rest of it so easily. Like that's subjective stuff though. It's, it makes sense to me. It's not, it makes sense to everyone because old people won't get it. Like they don't <laughs> give a shit. Old people, <laughs> who designs for old people? Am I right? <laughs> exactly. You do. Like, <laughs> I do. Politicians. <laughs> It takes so much effort to get the subjective stuff right. The objective stuff, once you know it, it's so simple. Hmm. It's ridiculous. Sometimes your tools will fuck you up. Like Sketch is terrible at drawing icons right. That's what Figma's great for. Plug. It's, ah, man. The things that I know I can get to be accurate, whether it's legibility, whether that's color scales and comparing them... um, Jeremy Goldberg suggested a book to me recently called The Inter- The Interaction of Color by Joseph Albers. And that book taught me so much. Like, just defining my color scales based on so contrast nice. and how they work when they're next to each other and how they work when they're a little bit farther apart and when they have another color in between them. Like, it's crazy, man. Oh, my God. I can't believe how color is. It's so relative. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Something that people ask as me is like, uh, you know, we've interviewed a lot of people in the show and... I think what naturally happens is you start to get conflicting advice. So I have my own way of dealing with conflicting advice, but I'm curious for you, Joey, because I feel like you've done the same process on your own of meeting up uh, for people with coffee and getting feedback with and all this for stuff. coffee, not for people with coffee. Yes. How do you deal with conflicting feedback? How do you parse that? Within a team? Mostly in your coffees. Maybe yeah. it hasn't happened yet, but I feel like everyone has a different yeah, process. I, Some, you know, Bryn and I here, we could sit and disagree and how do you how yeah. do you sit there and parse so especially with feedback i used to um almost immediately dismiss the one that i the the point of feedback that i thought was was wrong or or not something that i should go after and i i quickly learned um after a, after a few more projects that uh that it really is important to take both sides it, just with this app uh, i've gotten multiple fo- points of feedback on both both ends um and i'm trying really hard to to actually integrate and iterate based on that based on that feedback one point of feedback that I that I thought might actually not work and a design change that I didn't think was right uh, actually turned out to improve a lot of the flow with logging um, so if I'm understanding your answer it's yeah. to not dismiss anything try it and see if it works it, in, in the context of what you're designing exactly um, I've been really by surprised that. by the by the number of times um, that a solution that I thought might not work has actually been one of the best. You can also try something out and be like, I think this is bad, and you yeah. can prove that that is a bad. Exactly. And I mean, it hurts nothing. It takes a little bit of time. We're, but we're designers and we're quick in sketch, and it really doesn't take too long to implement to implement an idea, um, especially if you're doing grayscale. 
And just to see it, just to have it there in front of you, I think can can teach you a lot really quickly. <laughs> so do that. <laughs> Test something. I mean, if it proves it wrong, that's still success. Exactly. That, and that removes a question from your process. Exactly. And, and when someone, um, that's happened a lot, actually. Uh, someone on my team or someone outside will ask me why why I haven't tried the solution. And um, if you can try all of possible angles, um, you figure out for yourself which ones don't work. Um, and you can back you can back yourself up then. You can say, actually, I did try this um, and I found this not to work in this area. If you have an artboard that looks like what they're describing, exactly. that makes it even better. Yeah. I they think can see for themselves that it's not a thing. Exactly. It seems like over time too, you can start to do some of that like without having to jump to sketch. Like go through the ideas, yeah, and iterate through all the feedback without having to like present pixels that proves whether it's the right solution. Communicating or not. it can be harder. Agreed, but I think that will happen over time. Yeah. Like you'll get better at that. I think that you have to have the right audience for that, regardless. So yeah, true, whatever true, whatever works true. best for the audience is the right way to go. Yeah. Know your audience. Yeah, like my boss is a very visual person. I have to basically spell it out. That doesn't mean he's like bad at communicating. That's his job is to communicate. He's really good at communicating in certain ways. But if he wants to see a product concept, it has to be fleshed out fully. If I show him a series of boxes, he's like, I don't know what this means. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. I think it's natural to ask. So you today's your first day not at Scoot. What's next? What do you want to do? Um, of course, the the diabetes app. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to be honest, I'm I'm actually not quite sure. Uh, I never thought I would find myself living in the most expensive uh, <laughs> city in America. You're not. You live in Dublin. Saying I'm not sh- pretty expensive still. <laughs> the most expensive Ireland. area. The area. most expensive area in the U.S. Yes. without a uh, without a paycheck. I I did Wait, pick- first of all, hang on. Let's talk about that because that's fucking crazy. Let's not say no paycheck. Yeah, you're you're gonna get. You're doing work. You're, you're doing work right, yeah. um, without a without a steady a steady income. How did that impact your decision? Like, how did you know it was the right time to leave? It was a really scary decision, but I I knew deep down that um, after being the only designer for a year and a few months, um, I really wanted to work with the team, and I I. I really wanted to to nerd out with nerd out about design with others and to to really focus on the craft and to um, collaborate and to to hear different ideas. Um, I think there is really something special about being the only designer. Um, it gives you a lot of chances to try. I learned so much when my old it's boss incredible. Left. It, it it gives you so many chances to try and to immediately implement. Um, something that you you made and i think there's there's something really important about that um but there's also there's also something important about working with the team and learning from others and learning from those above you especially um you know i am i am young and i i am new to this and i i want to learn what what those above me have struggled with and what's worked and i that's that's what's next for me is getting to a job where i'm with the team that's why you went to Facebook, right, Brian? That's why we started the podcast too. What? To learn. To teach others and to help and to share nah, experiences. Nah. Well, I wanted to to learn from from people and like avoid mistakes and learn the processes. That's why I went to Facebook as well. I was a, yeah. for a while the only designer at Buffer. I, and I don't regret at all yeah. stick, sticking with Scoot. And, you guys um, both have very similar paths. We have yeah. very similar paths. It's yeah. pretty freaky, dude. <laughs> Are you from Columbus? Yeah. <laughs> Holy oh shit. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
Columbus, <laughs> Colorado. Your name's Joey. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so you're you've got a freelance gig. You're gonna work on diabetes and yeah. Uh, I th- with this. <laughs> with... <laughs> Sorry, that sounded so bad. You're gonna work on diabetes. I'm gonna work on curing diabetes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Solving it, solving the problem. I'm I'm really thankful that I have this freelance gig right now because it's allowing me a little bit more time to figure out what's next. And um, I don't want to jump into anything too quickly. I want to make sure with this next thing that it's the the right problem for me at the time and it's the right situation. I just I want to enjoy what I'm working on next. I want to I really want to get into it. Um, not that I haven't enjoyed Scoot at all. I've I've learned so much, but um. I I see a lot of people take something as soon as it comes, and I don't want to make that mistake. It's a it's a hard thing. Yeah, especially with a good offer, it's hard to say no here. But um, if you're not enjoying what you're working on, you're not going to be happy, and you're not going to be successful. Um, awesome. Where can people follow you to keep up to date on what you're going to do next? Well, if you don't mind seeing a lot of tweets, I'm uh, Joey A Banks on Twitter. Cool. And we'll yeah. link to all of your other stuff in, in yeah. the show notes. Yeah, awesome. Dude, thanks for coming on. This was a blast. This I'm honored cool. to be on here. I, awesome. It was really, really fun. I think you're one of our few guests who's actually witnessed another recording before they came on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's true. I, I I learned a thing or two. Came and hung out for Brent Jackson's. Yeah. Back uh, in the day. There's a lot that happens in I'm the glad outtakes. you came back after that. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't bad enough that you you'd avoided us for forever. Awesome. Well, Thank thanks again. Yeah. That was a blast. Cool. Thanks, Joey. That was episode 110. 110? 110. We hope you enjoyed listening. If you did, uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Those really help us out. Uh, I know we've been saying this a lot lately, but seriously, your your ratings help us move up the charts, help new people find the show. So if you just have a minute, if you've been listening to the show for a while, or even if this is your first episode, just open iTunes, pull it up on your phone, leave us a rating. Yeah, star rating or actually typing something in the, the comment field. We read all of those. And it's all super helpful. We've been on the front podcast page for two weeks now, and it's all because of you guys. And I couldn't thank you enough. So thank you for your ratings. Uh, of course, hit us up on Twitter. We're at Design Details FM, or join our Slack team at spec.fm slash Slack. Before we go, huge thanks to Dropbox for making this episode possible. Dropbox is focused on letting you work the way you want on any file with any device from wherever you are and with anyone you choose. It's just super simple syncing across all your devices. And that way you can start working on more interesting things faster. You can get started at dropbox.com. Thank you once again to Dropbox. We'll see you on Wednesday with Vicky Tan. Yeah.